All right. Her Wild Outdoors listeners, we are back with a great podcast. Uh, Jess Caldwell, I'm so excited that you're joining me tonight because we have talked about this for a while. And I do have to, I think that it would be, um, we would be very, um, I don't know, I owe this to Johnny Mac, right? (laughs) Yeah. Love that guy and what he's doing. He did introduce us. That's right. He did. Uh, Johnny, thank you. He is from the Soulful Hunter podcast, Washington Backcountry. I'm sure a lot of you guys follow him, but he's just kind hearted and uh, loves to have the right people with the right message be heard, whether it's on his podcast or anywhere it um i think that speaks volumes about people when you're not just thinking about self but you're thinking about the message that needs to come with it Mm, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Th- thank you, Johnny. We appreciate you for, for connecting you, us. <laughs> so Jess, totally. you are from the West Coast. We are talking uh two hours apart here. Um you are on the coast, aren't you? Did you tell me you were near the coast? Well, I'm in uh near Olympia, Washington. Yeah. Um I'm in, I'm more rural than Olympia, but that's, I'm probably about an hour away from, from hitting coastal waters. If I head West, you are, see, I call that the coast because I'm probably in between eight and 12 hours from the coast. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're within 90 minutes, I count you coastal. (laughs) Oh yeah. And we have the South Puget Sound, you know, we're in the Mm -hmm. South Puget Sound area. So, um, another maybe 45 minutes away and I can be uh, clamming and shellfishing and that's amazing. Uh, taking oysters and uh, right from the beach. So it's a it's a really beautiful place to live. I heard uh, who was it? Somebody put up. It was kind of a funny video, even though this is not a funny situation. But when um, the volcano went off uh, mm. this weekend, you guys right there on the sound got a tsunami warning. Yeah, um, I was in. I was actually taking a, a course over the weekend on fishing, and I had a couple of friends text me saying, "Hey, <laughs> yeah. where are you? Yeah. We, we're getting tsunami warnings here." So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good to be warned. I, I know that nothing ended up really making landfall on our coast, but um, definite damage elsewhere. And we're thinking of everybody involved. But I'm glad and grateful for. Um, those on our western coast near that area that it was not affected like we thought it could be. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Well, okay. So you and I started talking. We had a great conversation over the phone a couple of weeks ago, and it was right before Christmas. And um, it was – we kind of were talking about – I don't know. It slipped into a lot of different things that really didn't have anything to do with outdoors, but that we connected on. Um, But the outdoors is something that is pretty major in that connection. And you've had quite the year. Um, (laughs) You guys, 2021, what Jess decided to do, and I want you to tell your story about this, but it was actually very inspiring to me. Um, I kind of want to go back through, I've looked at bits and pieces, but I kind of want to go back through almost throughout my year and look through your blog post each week just Mm. to find that inspiration. But tell us just a little bit about, about why you decided 2021 
needed to be the way that it turned out to be? Well, um, I'm curious how deep uh, we'll end up going with this because <laughs> it has quite a history. It but does. I'll start with, um, I'll just kind of start uh, in the most obvious place. So I was the marketing director for a performing arts center here in Washington state. And we had uh, touring artists coming through and it was a, a wonderful, beautiful nonprofit organization. Um, and it was a great place to work, but the theater closed because of the mm. pandemic. And I found myself out of a job. And um, it was also the timing was such that I had just not too uh, long into this had gone fishing for the first time. So I am 45 years old and I had I had never been fishing before. Um, I have never I had never been had even considered hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, I had had some interest in foraging and had taken an ethnobotany course a few years back, but I was probably kind of more your weekend warrior type outdoors woman, you know, someone that was like, yeah, friend calls, let's go take a hike. Sure. Mm -hmm. Which is great stuff. But my, my level of involvement in the outdoors was, um, was fairly limited. And I sure was not raised with, uh, in, in a, in a family that was doing any, you know, from hunters and anglers and, and from, from that place. But that first fishing trip, it was actually an ice fishing trip out at Lake Cascade in Idaho. And oh, wow. it, just, it just changed <laughs> my life. Mm -hmm. I, it was so cold and so it was stormy and exciting and we're pulling fish out of the ice and I'm screaming and jumping and excited. And I, you know, I had nothing like coming back from that and cooking up, making fish tacos out of the fish you're pulling out of, out of the water and your face is wind burned and you're exhausted, but it just changed something in me. Something happened. Um, and I wanted more and from that, um, I had, and this was a bit before 2021, um, I had taken a few more fishing trips. Uh, it really started with fishing for me. But when January 2021 hit and it was a new year, I really decided um, with all that was going on with the pandemic and still me being out of a job um, that I was going to take this time I had and dedicate it to learning and I really wanted to know more. I wanted to feel more. I wanted to experience more of what nature had to offer because I'd had this little window that gave me this exquisite taste of how nature provides mm -hmm. and how what is possible and how I could provide a meal for my family with my own hands. And that this wasn't about a hysterical trip to Costco. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> to, true. To load up on food because everyone was, um, you know, going through so much with food store uh, shortages mm -hmm. and a sense of urgency around, we don't know what's coming or, or what, what to think about our future and, and the food supply chain and, um, I just wanted more. And so I really started investigating different courses I could take, uh, everything from wilderness survival, more uh, plant identification, mushroom identification. I picked up a bow. I started shooting every day. Um, I didn't even know where I was going with this, but on January 1st of 2021, I had my first blog post that I called um, 52 weeks, uh, excuse me, field notes, 52 weeks of rewilding. And I really treated it like kind of like a, you know, like field notes, like a biologist out there. Yeah. Um, 
oh, what what is this like? And what does this taste like? Because it was all new to me. So it was this great platform. Of course, this was through social media, through Instagram and Facebook. And I have the blog on my website. But I just wanted to start writing and taking pictures and sharing this journey because it was so profound and so epic. Every single week, I chose to do one thing to to learn direct living skills and to feel more just awake and more resilient and more self-sufficient. And uh, I have I it, that uh, field notes weekly field notes exercise really kept me accountable to that goal, um, to that dream of saying, just do one thing mm-hmm. and, and and journal it and write about it and, and dive in all the way. And I have, and it's continued. And uh, I've made it just a priority and a commitment to myself uh, and to my community and to my family that that we're going to do this thing and I'm taking you along in the journey and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see where it goes from there. I love it because I, I mean, I love the word rewilding because it doesn't just apply to you not growing up like that and starting now. It actually applies to us as a generation. It applies yeah. to us as communities who have stepped away from the traditions that our ancestors had. Um, yeah. We used to be so self-sufficient and now you find it hard to live without a vehicle. You you find it hard to live without the internet, without a connection worldwide versus just where you are in that moment, but also in the outdoors. And I think that I think that that's why I found it inspiring because I found myself, even though I didn't do one thing a week, I starting in my 30s versus in my 40s, kind of went through that process and you fall in love with it. you 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 get to a place where, you can't live without it. It yeah. It's it it yes. starts it's almost like osmosis. It just filters into our skin in every single pore and you crave more of it. And it's not every experience isn't this mind-boggling adventure. It might be a small outdoor joy that you found or a small skill that you maybe had not picked up beforehand. And I don't know, those those small details mean so much more because then they apply to the bigger things and they just keep drawing you back. And so I think that that's why I felt that inspiration mm-hmm. because it was a little bit of a connection to where I was 10 years ago and and how – I can do better as well. So thank you for that. And oh, yeah. um, and I think that you're doing more for others around you, which we will get into as we talk tonight. But um, I love hearing how what we are going through right now in society, how it does trickle that need to have a connection to our earth and trickle that need for being self-sustaining. And um, and you found it through this process, but isn't it amazing how just one planned thing a week can 
just spearhead a whole movement. I, it's amazing to me. And it shouldn't surprise me, but it's it's still amazing to me. And I'm grateful for it for you. Mm, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that um, this is, you know, rewilding is such a b- bigger concept than I think I, I even knew when I, when I found the word and felt like it resonated um, because this, all of these things I'm experiencing from as an individual um, taking mm-hmm. on new skills and, and learning different things. I, I also, you know, we're, we're, we're not a strong one person doing this is, is just like a little drop in, in the water. And um, given the state and the health of our planet and communities, I just realized that this must be done together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have experienced trying to do it all alone. I, you know, I'm a single mom. I have the help. I have a wonderful ex-husband who, you know, who so we have a split time with our kids, but, um, but regardless, I'm home alone at night and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've got to do dishes and I've got to make dinner and I got to go grocery shopping and then I've got to um, work. And I also have to, for me, I've, I got to keep learning and I got yeah. to know what, what it means to be in better partnership with nature. And, um, I don't, we were never meant to do this alone. No, it, You know, one, one human cannot have honeybees garden can, um, make baskets, right. <laughs> do, um, you know, and yeah. know how to survive in the wilderness, hunt, fish, forage, all of know, it. It's a community it. effort. It, it, it is uh it is not meant for one person it's meant for communities mm-hmm. to do this together and to for friends and for family to do this together and um and to learn together i mean that's i think we're in a time of where most people are really resonating with this message and feeling drawn to jump in and say, yep, I want to join you. I want to try that. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. And the more people join me and the more, you know, that this becomes more of a community project, the more I feel uh, uh, more at at ease with, um, with a skill set within a community that we all can come together and have this training Mm -hmm. of, remembering the old ways because people lived on the planet for a long time doing this thing right before modern conveniences and they knew how to do all of these things and now in with urban centers being where our population lives for the most part um we don't we're not doing that nor is can you really have two feet it's very hard to have one foot in both worlds because as you mentioned you know you have a car and you got to go to work and you need Mm -hmm. your play for your internet and um and all of these things that that means you have to work to get money to, to live in a modern society. Right. And how do you balance that with um, learning all these skills and then activating them, not just learning them, but activating them into your life as part of your, you know, normal procedure of, of, of operating procedure. Agreed. It's really hard. Agreed. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, most of your audience would probably, you know, they're, they're women and, uh, and they're, do, they're outdoorsy, they're doing cool stuff. And, and that struggles real, I'm sure we can all be nodding our heads on this, that we all want to be out. We all want to be out fishing all the time. We all want to be, we all want to be out, you know, in nature, mm-hmm. watching the sunrise and, um, and, and unplugging, but there is so much duty and responsibility 
to that that makes that balance is so hard yeah. so hard i was about to say it's all about balance and it's about finding ways that these skills and these desires and these experiences infiltrate that other side that uh yeah. that side that you in the beginning didn't see how it could trickle into it but now you're starting to figure out how to make that happen i something that you said uh you said finding a certain skill set that you are really good at. Um, since we are in a community, I think that one of the fears is you've got to be great at everything. I think that's <laughs> something that we put on ourselves as a society. You've got to be great at whatever you're doing. Well, that's hogwash. <laughs> that's Yeah. I, in fact, I've made it my <laughs> thing that I basically suck at all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and that's and be, because I'm so new to it, I think the endearing thing where mentors have come in and and people have really seen like, hey, it we see your heart in this, mm-hmm. and this isn't about doing it right or doing it well. I mean, I I showed up to my first duck hunt with all the wrong equipment, the wrong shotgun. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, everything was off, you know. Yeah. And I have to laugh and be like, okay, well that you know, that didn't work out. And I have so many stories like that where I just show up with the wrong gear, did the wrong thing. And, um, and I'm learning and and then, you know, that's, that's the only way to do it though. It is. It really is. And to know where your strengths are so that you can be a part of a community where somebody else's strengths can come in and you all work together to create this, this community that that works together and pushes each other forward in the best ways possible. I think, you know, for me to have one skill and then another friend to have another skill and it brings us together and it shows us, like you said, our 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 ancestors were built on community. They say it takes a village. Well, that saying came from somewhere and it means something more than well, you need your girlfriends to help take care of you. It, it really means that you've got to put back into it too. You yeah. are a part of it, giving, not just taking. And so you've got to find your your place in that community. What are you great at? If you go on, ladies, if you go on a backpacking hunting trip, what are you great at? When you put it together and you plan it out and and you're saying, okay, I will bring this because that is a skill set that I will bring to this group that I am really good at. It's not boasting. It's it's saying, okay, that takes off the pressure of somebody else who doesn't feel great at it, who would gladly say, yes, I am so glad you were great at that because I'm great at this. And you work as a team versus trying to be great at everything and being a one man team. That's, it's just, it's hard to do that. It's hard to stretch yourself thin, but this experience that you've had each week without knowing and without trying all of these things, you don't know what you would be good at without trying them. And what you're really drawn to, for sure. where your passion would lie. I love duck hunting, but I am really great at deer hunting. Like, I Mm. really love deer hunting, and I love duck hunting, but I don't call like my friend Maggie. I don't um, have a great... (laughs) 
skeet shot <laughs> for practicing. <laughs> um, I I am a great shot at other things. I have friends who are awesome at archery and I'm having to start back over at zero. So I lean on them and I ask them for advice. And, mm-hmm. and yet a lot of people say, and this goes to your one year, a lot of people say, oh, you've only been doing this for one year. Well, you're a newbie. Why would I take advice from you? Well, as much as you put into one year, I, I, I'm sorry, but it's more about experience. It's more about what you have put into it and taken out. It's how you've applied yourself. You could have more experience out of this one year than somebody else who does it for two weeks, three weeks out of the year. And, uh, and with beginner mind, because yes. that, uh, that beginner mind, you know, it, it's you like I'm so a, much more. I'm, I'm my, I, I don't have, I'm not set in any kind of ways. <laughs> so yeah. when I have the opportunity to go out and, and, and I've been very blessed with some incredible mentors who've, um, who've just taken me under their wing and said, come on, let's go out, you know, I'll show you the ropes on this mm-hmm. and, um, some wonderful teachers that have come into my life. And then I get to just be why eyes wide open, mm-hmm. listening, absorbing. Um, and it's, you know, it's great to go in and, and you know, one with, with that, with that mindset and something you had mentioned about backpacking with girlfriends or, or going out, um, as a group and learning from each one another's skills. Um, you know, one thing to experience, experience is take something like a backpacking trip, but everyone, tr- you know, bring to the, to the trip, something new, like someone, Hey, I'm going to bring my ferro rod mm-hmm. and we're going to, while we're out there, we're going to work on starting fires with a ferro rod. And yes. hey, um, I just learned a new, you know, a couple new plants and we're going to, we're going to, you know, try to find them while we're out there Yes. or, um, Hey, I'm working with on navigation. And so I want to try to, uh, apply some, some new, uh, things I'm learning around navigation. And it's like, if everyone, you know, just kind of leveled up a little bit to say, let's not just do our ordinary yearly backpacking trip. Let's, let's like take this to the next level where we're feeling even more where everyone takes on a skill set and then shares that with the group mm-hmm. and you're trying new things. Um, I mean, that, that's a really great way to look at it too, um, in applying new disciplines of learning. A hundred percent. I think that a couple of listeners would probably ask you, how did you find those 52 things each week and did you have a plan before January 1st started or did it kind of evolve as you go but how did you figure out each week something to come up with to do well nature gives a lot of that it's um, so true because um <laughs> uh, what's awesome about learning uh really truly dialing into the seasons and and also looking locally you know i live mm-hmm. i have a unique uh ecosystem here in the pacific northwest it's unique to where i live and so there's things we have four seasons and we have things happening in those four seasons and i was really paying attention to what's what's going on and and i'd look things up and i'd you know i, I didn't even know about the hunting seasons and i didn't know about what was growing at what time, but, um, you know, starting in January, it was like, okay, so what can I do in January and doing a little research and being like, huh, I, you know, I didn't realize I could go out and, um, collect uh, Douglas fir pitch right off the trees and turn that into a healing salve, hmm. you know, I mean, and I would just take on something that was like, well, that's cool. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. And, um, really nature is so cyclical 
and has such a rhythm of what's being offered seasonally and and in your local area it's mm-hmm. going to be different but it is it's actually clockwork yeah. <laughs> you know it's and and what's cool to learn that the rhythm is that it, that really helps guide where to place your energy at certain times of the year and it's really helped me become i think a healthier human in mind body and spirit to be more in tune with the natural rhythms and timing of what's going on you know when in the spring it was like oh this is when nettles are popping up this is nettles harvesting season Mm -hmm. and um but then following that plant all the way through it has phases um and actually let me give you a different example dandelion dandelion in this in the you know there's you can eat the leaf you can eat the flower all of it Um, in the summer we were popping off those big yellow beautiful tops and making fritters out of them Mm -hmm. and um and then in the you know when the when the season's changing and the energy goes out of the flower and into the root, now you can harvest the root and make dandelion tea or mm-hmm. um, medicine. So everything has this season. I am, I find it amazing that nettles are just, uh, they're just coming to life and, and new life and new growth right during allergy season. Um, when everyone, when the pollen is, is, uh, is kicked up and people are experiencing allergies, there's the nettle leaf and you can harvest that. And that is Mm -hmm. a direct, um, you know, kind of, uh, medicinal quality for allergies. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just the, just starting to pay attention. And I, I got some great books, you know, I started getting different books on, on things and I took my, uh, I'm following what other people are doing. If I see someone online, uh, doing something, I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. So I, I follow people who are, uh, doing the outdoor lifestyle. And, um, and then I take course, I started taking a lot of courses, mm-hmm. uh, anything I could that interested me. I took a course on it. I think that that's where, I think that's where we learn what we crave, whether it's the pandemic pushing us into um, a craving for community, which I think it has. Uh, I think that it pushes us toward learning something, learning a craft, learning a skill, getting back into nature, hunting, fishing, getting back to some of our basic roots. But I think that um, instead of thinking so negatively about the society that we're living, the time that we're living in right now, being able to find the light in it, being able to find where it's pushing me to, what are my choices? How am I going to uh, take what is going on and find a positive in it? How am I going to grow myself? And I think that that's a basic human nature in us all, but it is kind of like that fight or flight, right? Yeah. You know, interesting. I feel very strongly that I am, I love that I'm alive right now mm-hmm. at this time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, as much as I have nostalgia for the past and I look back at how our ancestors were, were living and to me, that just brings up all sorts of good feelings mm-hmm. and, and this sense of wanting to see it or experience it. I, I happen to be alive now. This right. is my time. Right. And so um, I am uniquely here at this time in this most incredible uh, amount of change that's happening um, on all fronts. And so I feel like I get to, we get to be a part of this 
a mm-hmm. fascinating time in history. And we get to carve the way of how we're wanting to, how we're up against uh, the met- the metaverse. I just got introduced to the metaverse. That is like, <laughs> totally it, like what? I mean, I just found out there is so much money being spent in a thing called the metaverse where people are buying property and yachts and things that live in the web, that live in the matrix. They're mm-hmm. not even of this world. And I saw, you know, I was having this wild like ride in my brain going, how is that is absolutely incredible. And then I happened to see someone make a funny post um, about, hey, I'm now offering uh, rewilding courses in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go <laughs> take a class in, you know, goat cheese making. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I was like, oh, wow. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, I, uh, it's a, this is a fascinating time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're here right now. I am too. And, I am too. Yeah. I think you, you also said, um, like living in a moment during each of the phases of the year. You know, you hear chefs say that all the time. You hear you need to eat according to the time of the year, eat your vegetables according to the time of the year, eat fresh, not, I mean, we can can and we can, we can keep from our gardens, but there are certain things throughout. If you're a gardener, there are certain things that you, you do, um, grow in more of the fall and winter and, and in the spring and in the summer and kind of keep to those seasons. Why wouldn't we do, life that way why wouldn't we stick to i don't know it if we lost all electricity and all form of society today that's what we would have to do and so getting in that rhythm of okay what is what is going on now like you said what would grow now what would what would i need to take in to get the nutrients that I would need? What do I need to save from the summer and the spring in order to get the nutrients that I need? But what can I do right now um, to prepare for that? Yeah, I'm I'm more and more interested in this aspect of rewilding um, because this to me really gets me excited that um, I, I would, my, you know, if I were to just say, Hey, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm just throwing this out there. This is could be a really cool ex- experience or experiment for other households to to try out. Mm-hmm. But I I'm actually trying to get a, a little bit away from buying things like avocados. I love avocados, and if I go out to a really great restaurant that offers an amazing guacamole, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. But you know, when it comes to just like making some different style choices um, to to live more seasonally and live more locally. Um, I'm really interested in, okay, there's plenty of forms of vitamin C mm-hmm. and magnesium. there's so much around me that doesn't require me ordering lemons from uh, California or Mexico. Right. Um, I can get, uh, I can go out and, and cut off a bunch of, you know, just snip some, um, Douglas fir pine needles yeah. and, 
and I can put that and seep that. And I'm, I've got a load of vitamin C coming right. in my way. And so I'm really wanting to explore how to fulfill nutrient needs here around me. And um, because that is very exciting to me. I'm always thinking about things that could happen if society was not intact, the way we wake up every morning and think, I know exactly how today's going to go and I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy all my oranges and my this and Mm -hmm. my that. And we could wake up any morning and that's not available to us. Well, what would you do if you couldn't get your vitamins or if you couldn't get your medications at the store? If you couldn't just walk in and go, okay, I want my iron, I want my vitamin C, I want my probiotics, I want... What if you couldn't do that? Where would you get it? And that's where that the foraging class comes in handy. That's where learning about what is around you in your neck of the woods. How could you pull from that? What would look familiar? What would poison you? What would make you worse? Uh, But being familiar with that so that, um, you know, not necessarily even in a prepping situation, but in a self-knowledge that we have gotten away from any kind of self-sufficiency at all. We are so dependent on, on so many things, not necessarily people, but so many things. And, um, and it's, it's kind of sad (laughs) that, well, you know, it is. And and that is the nature of, of modern Mm -hmm. reality in er, living in urban centers is for the majority of people on the planet, you know, living in, in a, in a urban center that the reality is, um, we would not be well set up for a cataclysmic event of mm-hmm. any kind. No. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think it is important to have, uh, at least, you know, start with a two week supply of just medicines, things you need food, um, you know, ha- have some things don't, you know, have something so you can be at, at ease and make it through a rough patch, Correct. no matter what that is, Correct. even if that's yes. that storm powers out for two weeks, we've yeah. all experienced that. So um, those things are great. And then in the meantime, start to start to learn these things because it was, I could get really overwhelmed really fast if I had to think if, if, if it was all shut down tomorrow Correct. and I'm now relying on myself to <laughs> do it all and find food for seasons, um, you know, as much as I've done, I would still be like, dang, I, I don't know enough. I don't have right. enough skill set here. And that's really where community starts to come in, mm-hmm. um, building, doing this with your neighbors. I think I'm a huge proponent to, even if you live rural um, or in a city, get go meet your neighbors and, um, you know, have an invite them out, have a gathering and talk about these things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to get to know who your neighbors are and, um, and, and know what, what, you know, interests they have in this. And if they're open to working together to create a plan together mm-hmm. of, um, Hey, what if we don't have power for a while? And, and maybe you have a neighbor who's elderly, who, who needs someone to come check on them. Right. You know, maybe you have, uh, you know, a, a woman with two young kids and, and, uh, just, you know, 
she she would appreciate it if she knew she mm-hmm. had a neighbor that would check on her. Yeah. If she was at work and there was a an earthquake, we have that's a very real situation here in the Pacific Northwest. Right. Um, we've always been expecting the big one. Um, and um, I know there was I my kid goes to school or sometimes I work a half hour, 45 minutes away from home. And they're, you know, older and they're home alone a lot. And I would sure feel better knowing that I had made a, a plan with neighbor that someone Correct. would come back on my household if I wasn't there. Correct. Yeah. No, yeah. it's about, I don't know. There's a little bit of wherever I've moved, it is... I just make a thing of cinnamon rolls. People know that yeah. I am known for my cinnamon rolls. And it is it is not a secret that my listeners understand that bacon and cinnamon rolls are kind of my favorite things, um, my guilty pleasures. But it, it's something that I can utilize in opening a door for somebody yeah. either moving in or, or me moving in. It's just a way to connect. But like you said, there's – there's a bit of me giving myself and then there's a bit of, you know, I'm giving not because I'm expecting to receive, but I'm hoping to receive. Um, whether it's, it is that check-in or it is that knowing that person next door is there. And and I think it, it goes both ways on both sides of that coin, but um it isn't all selfish. You are giving, you are earning trust, you are earning respect um, and a friendship, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, and I was just actually listening to, um, uh, gosh, it, I don't even know what I was listening to, some podcast earlier today. And, and someone with the conversation was around how people, like, it, you, the only people you probably call anymore, just cold call, are, is like a parent mm-hmm. or. A, a child or a best friend. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you don't just pick up the phone and call people anymore. Like that's almost not a courtesy because it's like you text first. You're like, Hey, are you open for a call or right. are you busy in a few? Like, you know, or, or you're um, same thing. People don't just show up at people's doors anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that used to be the only way Correct. to do things. Correct. You, you never knew. And, <laughs> and, and um, that kind of community uh, feeling was in place. And I do think it's part of our more isolating uh, way of doing things that mm-hmm. we are becoming more and more introverted at, at socially. And, um, and our time is so very valuable because mm-hmm. we live in a time where we work eight hours a day and it, it's very impossible to, to, you know, be too terribly social. So you know, yeah, these are different times, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, <laughs> that is a unique thing that we don't just pick up the phone and call either. It's purposeful. There is purpose mm-hmm. in it and it is going outside of your way to make time. And I think that that's where that trust and respect come in hand. Um, I I do have, I wanted, I'm watching my time and I wanted Mm. to ask how and when in 2021 did it switch from, from just the outdoors and foraging and, and, and figuring when did hunting come into it? You said that you picked up a bow. Um, Yeah. But I'm very interested in, uh, you said, duck hunting, and uh, there have been some things that we've talked about outside of this podcast, but I think that since it has infiltrated your your whole year, when did it step into it, and when did it grow? Well, thank you. Yeah, good question. I, I know that at some point 
I there's no there wasn't a way around that hunting was a vital part of food mm-hmm. gathering. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just no. I mean, it's like hand in hand, right? I, you know, if, I, if that's important to me. Th- this I'm up against this it right in my face like well you better know how to you know figure out how to eat more than just like plants you know because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a meat eater yeah and um and so I know it's I I was really fascinated with I really loved the bow I mean I I uh, I just I loved it at first it was really target practice and a version of of I would say mindfulness training yes um to me it was like meditation and movement um and i was someone who taught mindfulness courses to young to youth middle school kids and yoga classes to middle school kids for many years and this was like this new element where i could i could channel my focus into to tart you know shooting a bow and it was such an uh, for me it's it's meditation i just absolutely love what i can get out of a session Mm -hmm. of shooting so yeah. from there, though, I knew that I was I was gaining um, just a sense of confidence in my uh, in my shot, and I I, just, I was like, okay, it's time to take Hunter's Ed course, which I did, mm-hmm. and that was not easy, by the way. That it's like that's the download that I was like, uh, um, uh, it took me a long time to get through that actually, but when I you know, and then I was. I had a mentor, my, um, I have a wonderful mentor who's my archery trainer, uh, Joel Turner, Shot IQ. He has a wonderful program on um, overcoming uh, just some of the, the, you know, finding a brain pathway around shooting. And I, luckily he lives near me and I found him and he really helped me be like, okay, girl, you've been through your hunter's ed and what you got it. Now you got to, he let me know it's time you got to get online and you got to you got to buy your license. You got to mm-hmm. get tags. You got to do all this stuff. And I just, I needed mentorship. If I was just doing that on my own, I wouldn't have a clue of how to navigate that process. Mm-hmm. So if you're new to hunting or considering getting into hunting, definitely reach out to your friends who are hunting and who yeah. are hunters and, and get help. Ask them what the schedule is, when, what you're, you know, when you should be going in and purchasing your licenses and, 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 really get, you know people hunters love to talk about this they they're so helpful they're they so they're the they're the most helpful thoughtful i've i've had such a great experience with people who are so welcoming um as i've entered this world and they want to help and they want to see me um having a, a good hunting season so they they keep me on track and that so so once those things were in place then it was really about gearing up for deer season and I had an early season archery tag and I was, um, and actually let me step back. Um, for me, it's hunting started, you know, with fish yes. uh, or actually I should say before that it started with clamming, clamming mm-hmm. and, and shellfish. Okay. Then it was fishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, actually I went on a, I went hunting for bullfrogs. Um, here in Washington state. Oh, it no is way. A, oh yeah. It's considered <laughs> an invasive species. And so um, I had the opportunity to go out in little kayaks at, at dark in, in July and put on a headlamp and yes. with a, a blow gun, a blow gun and uh, hunt bullfrogs. And um, this actually really helps out, you know, it's good to hunt those things. And here's a free food source, you know, right. like 
Like this is, you don't need a tag for that. You don't need um, a, a license for that. These are, like I said, these are invasive invasive species. So I got bullfrog and we, I made frog legs for my kids and we, you know, so that was kind of the next step. And, um, and then it's just, then it's like this, you know, little bits at a time trying new, th- you know, trying new things. What food can I bring in? What wild food can I bring in? Mm-hmm. And then it was deer season. And um, I, I did a lot of time on my own hiking around, um, actually on my ex-husband's property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like 150 acres. And I was like, Hey, can I hunt your, can I hunt your land? <laughs> it works. He's like, Even is this woman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, so, you know, I spent a lot of time out with, uh, just hiking around and exploring and stalking. And I did a lot of things wrong. I mean, I was so awkward with it. I, I had kind of a moment where I was out there in all this camo and I had all this gear cause everyone's telling me to do this and that. And, um, and I just, I would, I was out there just not, you know, scaring away everything. And I, I had kind of a meltdown where I came home and I was like, I can't stand this camo. I feel like a dude out here trying to do a dude's thing. Like, cause all my mentors were men. Yeah. I didn't have any women mentors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to make myself a wool skirt and I'm going to come out here with braid my hair. And like, you know, I'm going to do it my way tomorrow. Cause it's like, I just feel like, you know, I went through this weird personal, just kind of who am I and right. what, what's my, what am I doing? And, and am I doing this like a man would do it? Or is there a way I could do this? Because we're so different men and women, you know, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. I think every woman who enters into this field specifically goes Mm -hmm. through that feeling. You are not alone. In feeling that you are not alone. It is. I went through it because I was the same way. Male mentor. I did a whole Mm -hmm. lot of things on my own, hunted on my own from the beginning. And it just, the things that I was taught, there were some things that worked, but there were a lot of things that didn't because I'm not built like they are. And I had to figure out how it was going to work for me. Absolutely. And we, you know, we're different beings where mm-hmm. we have an, intu- we have intuition and mm-hmm. we have feeling and we have emotion and we have not that men don't, but we have a, a heightened version of that. It, we have a different brain pathway. We, we work on a multi-lane highway, you yes. know, we've got lots going on. And, and, um, and so I was trying to find a way to really explore this for myself of, okay, aside from all this, the beautiful op- opportunities men have given me through mentorship and guidance, which I so appreciate. It's okay to do this, take all of that knowledge and turn it into my own experience and make, and do it my way, Yeah, whatever that is, get to grow with it, get to experiment with it. And, um, and, and you know, I, I I I find that I feel better in my feminine when I'm when I'm activated in my feminine energy. That confidence, and, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just makes me feel, okay. Like this is me. This is you know. So that was an interesting piece to my journey with just exploring this and how I'm going to do it, how mm-hmm. it's going to roll out. Um, and then later at late season archery, I had an opportunity. I, I was invited invited out with my archery trainer to um, it, to it was a blind, but he had a blind set up, and he said, "Like, hey, let's come out and let's do this." 
you've been pra- you've been practicing on your bow. It's mm-hmm. it's you know, it's time to harvest a deer. I, w- I was getting down to where I only had a few more days, or you know, not much time left in the season, and um, and I was like, all right, this is about food harvesting for me. This is this yeah. is important, and um, and so. Uh, it was so cool. I, I took sh- some shots before we went out there. He was like, you're shooting good. Let's get in the blind. And we were in the blind and I had just such a interesting experience of, you know, the deer came in and at first I, it was almost like an out of body experience. I felt my body just, you know, all of a sudden my heart rate just launched yeah. everything. Went, Whoa, like, yeah. wow. Um, and I could observe it all like, wow, look at that. Wow. Jess. Whoa. But what's happening over there? What's happening here? I was like, what are you doing? And, um, I only had time to take really like two powerful breaths, like two strong, full breaths to say, um, and I have a mantra that I work with, like something to just immediately calm me and yeah. to kind of put me in the zone. That's what that practice is for. That's why this is a meditation. And then my trainer, Joel, who's so brilliant, he just said, now do your job. Yeah. And it was such a powerful thing for him to say, because I knew what he meant by that, that it, this isn't about now analyzing, you know, how is this going to feel? What is this going to do? You know, like now I got to get out of my woman brain and into my hunting brain, which has a job and it has an A and a B and a C and I follow the path. And I know that, you know, now I got to get analytical, you know, analytical to the process Mm -hmm. um, and get into that mind. And I did, and it was a successful shot. And it was, you know, right after that, it all came back. shaking, uncontrollable, yeah. <laughs> shaking, uncontrolled and excitement. I yeah. wasn't, uh, I wasn't like, Oh, I, I just took an animal's life. I was like, oh, I, I had a successful shot. Yeah. And that's, we know as hunters, um, that is very important that it wasn't, you know, I knew I had what I was there to do. Yeah. I had already gone through the emotional process. In fact, the first time I ever even had emotion or crying over this whole process of hunting was when I took my field tips off, uh, of my arrows and I screwed on the broadheads and I was like, wow, this just went from target practice to real a lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, whew, it got me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt a lot of emotion, but in the moment, and when I knew that was a good shot, I knew I had done my job, right. Um, then it was like, okay, I, now I'm now this feels good. And it was a, it was a, it was a huge high. It was an incredible moment. Doesn't mean I didn't have that time where I could put my hands on the deer and, and, and thank it and connect and, you know, and feel, but it wasn't what I thought, you know, some people, they have their first shot and they're, everyone has a different reaction, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's no wrong reaction. There's right. It's all okay. It's all okay. I do love how you said that about that feeling of going from a, from going from something that is not lethal. Well, it could be lethal, but from something that was there for practice to intentionally lethal. And, and there is that moment. I think for me, that moment doesn't, doesn't spell a lack of confidence in my plan. It's more a question of, can I take a good shot? Can I take a shot that is what our hope is, that it is the good shot that 
respects the animal, that respects our training, yeah. that it's more of a fear of doing it wrong or messing up, not yeah. not a sadness in in what my plan is. There is it's just a weird, I don't know, but it's almost I still feel that way and when I'm preparing for a hunt. I'm I'm changing from a passive role to an active role in that plan. Mm-hmm. It's all of a sudden going from practice to implementing all of that practice in a lethal way. And it is something that you kind of have to prepare yourself and prepare others for when you are walking alongside of them, that it's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to process them. It's okay to not take a shot if you're not ready for that. And yeah. uh, and I think that's an important thing if you're mentoring someone, if you're walking somebody through that, or even if you yourself are walking through it, it's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay for them to be different than somebody else. Just remember to process through it and and to process through all of it before making any future decisions. Well, and that's that's really for everything we're doing here mm-hmm. from um, in our creating lifestyle design around um, the here and now of what's important to us being ourselves. And that, I mean, that it just always comes back to what's true to me, you know, what's true to right now, what's true to my feelings, what's true to um, because we, we're all just kind of creating, you know, the, the, the life we're wanting to live and doing it in our way. And that's to be celebrated. Oh yeah. And you and I have kind of talked about it, how there's, there's a multi-part to all of this. There is like you were talking about the meditation part of archery whether it's through archery, whether it's through hiking, whether it's um, foraging, whatever it is that brings out that self-care part of it, that um, that taking it back to a basic step in a way that you can walk through it with a mantra or with um, meditation or prayer, whatever would work for you, that is huge. But we've also kind of touched on that uh, being sufficient, (laughs) being um, kind of progressing in our learning and continuing with that so that we can grow our knowledge base in a way that can be applied almost daily. I mean, that is the goal, that we can infiltrate all of this knowledge into our daily use. Um, I don't know. I I think it's just to go through and to think about. So everybody, you're just going to have to go see the blog um, and read it and and see this this one-year journey that is continuing um, to kind of see how much growth has happened. And it's very interesting. Like I said, I want to go through – week by week and see how much you grew in your writing, how much you grew in your detail, how much emotion came through, how at times did were you able to be still in those moments? Like there's, there's a great learning path, like you said. There, there are people that you have learned from. Well, other people can come to you and learn. And that was what I kind of wanted to lean into in this last little part of our conversation because 
you have kind of grown this in a way that other people can be included, whether it's through you specifically or through other ways that you have found for people to be involved. So I, I want to yeah. be able to talk about that in this space too. So tell us okay. a little bit about how you have included other people in this journey of yours. Yeah, so cool. So um, I did uh, somewhere in this last year, I started uh, a website called Wildkind Academy. And, um, and, And really what I wanted to do is take all these, I had so many people asking me about courses and how I was doing what I was doing that I was like, well, maybe I should just create a platform, uh, like an Academy of learning. And, um, and so where that began is I just started reaching out to the people who taught me, um, instructors who I've leaned into. And I've said, Hey, would you be willing to teach a course for wildkind Academy? Um, so I can, so people, other people can do what I have done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there's a, a, if you go to the wild, wildkindacademy.com, a couple things, um, you can look at my, uh, definitely sign up for the newsletter there mm-hmm. because, um, that's a way to find out what courses are coming out and opportunities that are happening. Some of these opportunities are online and can be done from whether, wherever you live. And some of these are, um, here in Washington state. We're also going to be having classes in Oregon and Idaho. I've got some plans for that. Um, so, so subscribing is a great idea. My blog is on the website. Um, I think the last tab you could click on is like media or something. And then you can go to the field notes blog there where the, the 52 weeks of rewilding is all documented there. Mm -hmm. Now it is fairly short writing because I only wrote what I could post on an Instagram post. So these these aren't, you know, these are just short little, uh, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, so that's a great way to check out the. Of I all the see things. a book with more detail coming in the future. <laughs> yeah, please, I definitely <laughs> would like to do that and um, like to create that because it's worth writing mm-hmm. about and having a, a something more comprehensive mm-hmm. that other people can also take and and work with. I agree. And um, and so the kind of courses so far, I mean, if if I'm interested in it from a rewilding aspect, I'm bringing it. Um, and so far, we've had um, shelf fish and foraging. We've got one coming up in April here um, in, in Hood Canal, Washington. We've got uh, basket weaving. I have all sorts of basket weaving classes every month. And, and I bring in wonderful instructors who are masters at their trade. Um, uh, Karen Sherwood was worked for Tom Brown Jr. and, and has been a leader in outdoor education. And she teaches both our basket weaving classes and foraging classes. So this next month she's coming and we'll be doing a forage walk through the forest. Um, I've done intro to fish tanning. Ooh, that one's actually coming up and it will be an online course with Jannie Chang. She is an incredible leader for doing and teaching and this skill really turning. If you're, if you're an angler and you fish, this is a great way to use the whole fish and turn that, that skin into leather for all sorts of projects. It's the original waterproofing. When, um, when I, is that class? That is January. It's a two-part class that takes uh, place in the evening on uh, for just like an hour and a half on January twenty seventh, and then the and then you. It's a great science project, awesome for homeschoolers or just families with kids mm-hmm. or just people like me who are like, I want to learn how to make leather, uh, the fish that I catch. Because every day you're you're moving, you're you're creating tannins that this is soaking in from tea, and you're turning it, and it's a great science project. And at the end, we meet again on. 
February 3rd for just um, about an hour and a half and we complete the project okay. and we're kind of massaging it out with oil. So that's, um, that's happening. Um, I do, I've got a, uh, an elk hide drum making course coming, bow making, intro to archery, um, wilderness survival again. We're doing an emergency prepared class, preparedness class with Nathan Donnelly, who was on season six alone and did really well. My The wilderness survival course is taught by Joel Vanderloon from season seven alone. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done fire school, which I had uh, Ray Livingston from season six alone. For some reason, all these alone, <laughs> I've somehow made these wonderful connections uh, because they either live close to me or were kindred spirits. Um, but these guys have lived out, you know, out in the in Alaska or in the, you know, in the middle, they've been dropped off and have yeah. survived and they've yeah. got great stuff. I've reached out to some women too, but I just haven't, the, you know, just, it hasn't worked out for connection yet. So as soon as I can, then, you know, I can't I've wait. I've got a connection for you. I will hook you guys oh, up. Uh, but good. no, it's, if you think about it, they have had to prepare in a multifaceted way for, um, for an event that, all of these things could be applied to. So it makes total sense. Yeah. I, to yeah. me, they're like the ultimate, you know, of, of self. They're the textbook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I kind of, I kind of went that channel. And um, so I've been, so I have live classes, which has been a huge, awesome, fun community building event. Um, and then I've, I'm also working now on launching the online academy in which I'm going to have, I will be offering a course here that I'm building right now. That is a field notes, 52 weeks yes. of uh, rewilding course that, um, that others could do from it for an online kind of, I know we don't really want to be online, but it's just your, it's just kind of like a guide. It's a yeah. field guide to get out and do. Um, and then I'll, I'll be offering other courses as well online as this builds. Um, like I said, I'm kind of a one woman show right now. So it's a little bit of a slow build, but it's coming together. I think you have, I think when somebody has the passion and the determination, the resilience to keep trying <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, a purpose, I think that um, it's really, really, really hard to fail. So um, I'm definitely rooting for you. I'm sure that the women who will be listening to this will be um, wanting to be involved. I think one of the things that I have taken away from a lot of the conversations that I've had with women is like you and me, they've been surrounded by a community of men, which have been helpful and have been a great Great. Like I would never put them down ever. But within driving radius, it's hard to find other women to learn from and to have community in the outdoors with. So sometimes these online classes are a way to connect to other women or a way to learn from other women when you're in a community that does not harbor that. And so I see the value in it, but I also see a future in it for building that community. Yes, uh, totally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, there's actually an upcoming opportunity. Um, I'll be going to Texas with Joel Vanderloon um, in February. And so if anyone hears this and interested, um, reach out to me or him. Um, but he, through Instagram, 
And um, we are, because it's not through my website, uh, this is something he put together, but it's an intro to hunting. And we'll be uh, hunting for wild hog on private land, camping. We'll be learning bushcraft from him and also having the opportunity to really get into the mind of the hunter with hands-on experience of processing the animal and, and the whole nine yards. So um, this is coming up in February. And, and again, if anyone hears this, there's one spot open that might be a great, Perfect. someone's listening is like, well, that's for me. Let yeah. us know. Me, um, me. Can, people can find me on uh, Instagram. It's Jess underscore wild kind academy yes um so that's uh, a way to link up through instagram and then of course the website yes i'm glad that you said that i was about to ask it so you guys go follow jess um definitely look up the blog um and definitely go to the to the website and get on that newsletter i think that there are awesome opportunities, not just to support you, but to support that community that we're trying to build um, and encourage learning. I mean, there is so much. If I've, I read the other day, the first 20 hours of learning a new skill, you take on more information than any of the other time after those 20 hours, that it is just... It is multitudes of information that come in that you're able to utilize within that short amount of time. So, um, wow, that's fascinating. It is so fascinating that our brain is is the most amazing tool that I don't think we would ever even tap into an nth of a degree of how much we could use, and so. Just remember those first 20 hours, it's less than a day of just taking in. I'm not saying that I'm talking about 20 hours of specific detail-oriented absorption of things. Is it, Your brain is soaking it up like a child, like a toddler taking on all that information. So utilize those first 20 hours of learning a skill so that you can um, you can grow it as fast as you can. Um, yeah, and, and then also just don't get overwhelmed with all no. this stuff. You know, take, just take enjoy you it. You know, like like yeah, enjoy <laughs> it. Do it with friends. You know, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, take pictures of it. You know, write about it. Write your own field notes. Post about it. Have mm-hmm. fun. Get engaged with, yes. with it. I mean, that's it's been a. I've built community around this, and it's and it's uh, been a good ride. And um, and I know a lot more than I did a year ago if I hadn't done anything. Well, and think about the, in the time span that a lot of people are feeling lonely, who are feeling isolated, um, you have built community. And so if you are in a situation where you feel like you have um, become more introverted and you need to step out or you feel very lonely, this is a place to grow, this is a, a safe place to um, to feel community, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, we- you know, I I just real quick when I first did uh, my first basket had when Wildkind Academy mm-hmm. had our first basket weaving course, and it was right kind of it was still kind of in the heart of the pandemic. I mean, well, we're still in it, but I mean, you know, it was re- this the, the isolation was real. Yeah. And um, I had I had this at an outdoor venue at a park. And um, but we were in this historic site with uh, 
picnic benches and and it was a full class and people came and we listened to music and these all these women 12 women were together laughing and weaving and working with our hands and telling stories and and at the end of that uh, a woman who i had never met before came up to me and she just said uh, you, you just don't know how much I needed this. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed people and I needed laughter. And she's like, do you mind if I give you a hug? Like, do Aww. you hug? And I was like, oh, yes. yeah, I'm like, <laughs> bring it in. Like it was, you know, it was just like, yeah, we're going to hug. <laughs> and that hug, there was tears and it was so special. Mm-hmm. And I, I, because I've been having live events all year and, yeah. And the, it's been very important to people, uh, the people who come, you know, that some come in masks, uh, s- some are, are not feeling, com- you know, I, it's like yeah. everything's happened. Right? Yeah. I had a whole gamut and everyone is welcome and everyone is honored for where they're at. Um, it's a safe place yeah. to be. And if you want a hug, uh, you, you're going to get a hug. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that because yeah. we need it. We need that physical connection. Mm-hmm. We need the conversation and we need the laughter. We just need it. Our bodies need it. We need joy. Um, so I think the outdoors is the most healing uh, part of our world. And um and to build a community within it is very, very special. And it's, uh, it's one to protect. So, um, Jess, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. I am walking away blessed by it and educated and excited. And, um, I hope that our listeners are feeling the same way because I think that that is something that we strive for is that connection. Mm-hmm. And so um, thank you, Jess. Yeah, that's the nature of our beings. That's our wild side is our is how we relate and connect to one another. Um, that's why rewilding is a much bigger concept than just a return to nature. It's return to people and ourselves and community. It's a big, big, it's a big concept. So we're, this is what it's all about. And Amy, thank you for having me on your podcast and sharing um, this story with, uh, with everyone. And, and uh, I love what you're doing. You're, you're such a light in this world of sunshine and connectivity. So thanks for doing the great work. Of course.